Welcome to the podcast edition of Coaching Through Chaos, bringing you what you need to succeed. Now, here is your host, Dr. Colleen Mullen. Hey, Dr. Colleen Mullen here to present you this week's edition of the Coaching Through Chaos podcast, bringing you what you need to succeed. I bring you interviews every week with guest experts who will inspire, motivate, and empower you. And today is no exception. New episodes are launched every Tuesday with an article to go along with it on my blog at coachingthroughchaos.com. The Coaching Through Chaos podcast can now be found on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, TuneIn.com, and of course on CoachingThroughChaos.com slash podcast. I'm thrilled to say that we are holding steady on the new and noteworthy pages of iTunes. In fact, today we were number three in the social sciences page. You may have found the podcast because you tune into Bloomberg Radio's Price of Business show in Houston, where Kevin Price also is good enough to promote us. Thanks for joining me. Wherever you find us, I hope you like what I'm doing here and that you share it with your friends. My goal is to empower people through information, and I want to share that information with as many people as possible. I'll also remind you that it's important in order for the show to survive that you give me some positive ratings on whichever site you're listening from. That helps me stay on the front pages of the sites, and of course, it makes me feel good to see your positive reviews. What do I cover here? Well, all sorts of topics. You'll find episodes on relationships, finances, addictions, achievement, personal strength, invention and entrepreneurship, health and wellness, and so much more. Each month, I plan to feature a resource, either a program or an opportunity for our veteran population. And that brings me to a lesson I learned this week in the podcasting venture that I'm on. As I said, I plan to bring you a resource each month specifically for our veteran population. And this month, I ran into a snag. I reached out to several organizations that are pretty darn wonderful in how they serve our veterans, and yet none of them were able to join me for the show in time for today. So we have to be adaptable. If I don't have a guest to benefit our veterans in time for next week's show, I will still provide all my veterans listening with some helpful resources. In the meantime, if you know someone that works for a great veteran-serving organization, please email me. Dr. Mullen at coachingthroughchaos.com. In the email, send me a link to the organization's website so I can reach out to them. I appreciate any links you can send. So I'm entering my third month of podcasting here, and I'm thankful to say that we have more than doubled our listeners from month one to month two. Thanks so much. And I have something as a thank you for listening. If you go to my website, coachingthroughchaos.com podcast, you'll find a mailing list sign-up link. And if you sign up for the mailing list, I'll send you a free downloadable copy of my ebook, Five Ways. It's 100 Tips for Living a Happier, Healthier Life. This is a book of 20 different lists of five ways each to improve various aspects of your life. I give you actionable tips on getting the job you want, how to quit smoking, how to improve your relationship, time management, better sex, and so much more. It's so worth grabbing the free copy. 
I wrote it after compiling these lists for many years and seeing what works most efficiently with my clients. I hope you find it helpful, and again, feel free to share it with anyone you think may benefit from it. And know that I will never share your email address with anyone, nor will I spam you. Right now, I'm sharing the week's episodes and any new information I find and write about with the mailing list so that you have quick access to my latest updates. All right, so let's get into the show. As with many episodes of this show, there will be weeks when the featured guest fits into a couple of categories. Today's guest is both a maker, inventor, musician, and budding entrepreneur. I'm talking with Vahakin Matosian. Yes, that's right, it's Vahakin. It's V-A-H-A-K-N, who, alongside his father, Rolf Gelhar, created the Human Instruments Company. They are a London-based company who are ingeniously redesigning instruments like pianos and horns to help people with physical limitations. They are essentially taking a limitation and reducing it to an obstacle to overcome. What a cool way to broaden a person's perspective on their own life. This is going to be like nothing you can imagine, and they're just getting started. You might ask, though, is there a market for this, for instruments, for people with physical limitations? Well, yes. According to the CDC, in the U.S., the number of adults with any physical functioning difficulty is 35.2 million. That's 15% of our adult population. And in the U.K., it's even higher. There are over 6.9 million disabled people of working age, which represents 19% of their working population. You'll hear the full story during my interview with Vahakin, but the Human Instruments Company began when Rolf and Vahakin were helping out the British Para Orchestra by setting up their tech and sound support. The British Para Orchestra is the only one of its kind. It's the world's first professional ensemble of disabled musicians. The mission of the British Para Orchestra is to shift the perceptions of disability and disabled people by creating a visible platform for gifted disabled musicians to perform and excel at the highest level. Rolf and Vahakin discovered a need as they were interacting with the orchestra. For as much as the orchestra was there to give opportunity to physically limited people, it was still forced to turn away people who wanted to join because there were no instruments they could physically use. They decided to change that. Rolf is a composer, artist, and musician, and early creator of electronic and computer music. Vahakin is an artist and musician with BAs and MAs in product design. Together, they have begun to open a door for people with physical limitations that wasn't even thought of before. And before we get into the interview, let me tell you about my experience of trying the human instruments, well, instrument. I met Vahakin at the recent cyberpsychology conference on the UCSD campus here in San Diego in June of this year. He was showing off a gadget that essentially looked like an oval-shaped piece of plywood with some black lines painted on it, and then there was a motherboard at the top of it. He was interacting with the conference guests, letting them try this gadget. He would have them put on headphones and blow into a tube while they moved their fingers around on the board. The participants appeared surprised by whatever they were hearing in the headphones. I was intrigued and wanted to find out what the gadget was and what the people were hearing. I introduced myself and Vahakin said, do you want to try this piano? I was immediately excited to try this plywood fashion gadget that looked nothing like my favorite instrument, one which I know very intimately. I put on the headphones and blew into the tube as I had watched the other attendees do and immediately heard what I recognize as synthesized keyboard sounds. He then gave me a few minutes of instruction and told me about the breath-sensitive instrument. Breathing out dictates the sound one way and inhaling dictates the sound another way. 
After a few minutes of fussing with it, I was able to see how this could literally breathe new life into someone's creative world. It was a bit awkward, but so is learning any new instrument. This piano was particularly designed for someone with limited mobility and or strength in their hands. They're currently in development of a hands-free horn instrument and at least one or two other redesigned instruments. Such an amazing thing. Bringing you this episode totally speaks to the heart of why I'm doing this. You never know who you're going to meet in life and what new invention is around the next corner. As you may remember from episode one, I grew up as a competitive pianist. For me, I thought, that's it. A piano is a piano is a piano. And I'm not sure if I mentioned it before, but my father was a paraplegic since he was three years old due to polio. He was also a musician for a time. I saw how tremendously active a person's life can be despite their physical limitations, and then on the flip side, I also saw how crushing it was when aspects of their life are not available to them. In my father's case, it was actually easier for him to pursue a career as an attorney with his limitations than as a trumpet player, though he kept his love of music throughout his life. And here comes human instruments with their refashioned instruments seeking specifically to create opportunities for people that have been overlooked. To Vahakin and Rolf, kudos and respect to you for your heart and creativity. All right, let's get into the interview. And take note, the short musical breaks today are brought to you by Vahakin, playing on the human instruments piano. Listen up. Vahakin, can you tell me, what is the Human Instrument Company all about? Human Instruments is dedicated to providing accessible musical instruments. So we're basically aiming to make digital musical instrument interfaces that are as close as possible to the resolution and expression you'd get from an orchestral instrument. And when you say accessible, what do you mean by that? Accessibility is, is kind of the word used for objects, tools, advancements in technology, which are for people that are disabled or have just different abilities, or maybe are born with a different body layout from maybe you or I. And I was raised, as I mentioned, my father was a paraplegic, so I absolutely get that different people have different abilities. I actually didn't grow up thinking that he was disabled. So can you tell us how the company came to be and the motivation for it? So I grew up as the son of a composer, my father, and he was a contemporary composer who worked in electronic music and electronic sound. And he also made installations, sound installations, and they were interactive. And once upon a time, my mother demanded that the local school bring their kids down to one of his installations. And there were a special needs school. And so they brought them down and the kids went berserk, in inverted commas. Mm -hmm. And they saw a a reaction that was quite something. And so from there, he realized the instruments he was making, the tools he was making, were usable by many, many people. And I saw this growing up. And later on, we began working with the British Para Orchestra, which is an orchestra based in London, in England, actually all over England. They're made up of people with a varied physical ability. Some of them are hard of sight, some of them are hard of hearing. Everyone has a different ability in some way, and they're all professional musicians. That's what ties them together. It was started by a conductor called Charles Hazelwood, 
and we work with them as tech support, as musical support, setting up mixes, just being around, helping out and enjoying the music they played in a, in a big way. And from then, the concerts, people would approach us afterwards and they'd say, oh, this is an amazing concert and what an incredible orchestra and it's so inspiring, I'd love to join, I'd love to play. And I'd say, well, what do you play? And they'd say, well, nothing, I, I can't play an instrument because, you know, I don't have one arm or maybe the chap was in a wheelchair and had never had the chance to play the drums and wanted to or whatever it, whatever it was, there was always a different reason. And, you know, you get that sinking feeling like, why not? There are all these amazing tools and adaptations and prosthesis for parasports, Paralympics. Every city, you know, has got some sort of Paralympic program. And where's paramusic? Which is one of Charles Hazelwood's main questions. And as a designer and a maker and the son of an inventor, I just had to ask that question, where, where are these tools? So that became a hat that you put on, was designing these instruments. Can you tell me a little bit about your background? How did you get into then designing this? Do you have a background in tech or a background in music? How did you get into this besides the love of what you were doing with the para orchestra? At school, I could be found in the art department, the design department, or the French room. So those were my subjects. So I was always making or breaking, whatever it was. Then I did a degree in crafts and materials at Brighton University, and I was aiming to be a sculptor. And then I did another degree in product design at the Royal College of Art. I was just obsessed with making and I think a dissatisfaction of the things that surrounded me in the world. From that, I had a background in product design. But then as a, as a young kid growing up, like I said, the son of a composer, I was also very much into music. I've always been making music. And more recently, these two things have collided. And that's the basis of human instruments with the vision of my dad. That's brilliant that it just kind of came together. You're in the right place at the right time with the right interest. As far as human instruments goes, the ideal user then is someone who lacks some physical ability and your instruments are being designed to help maybe replace that ability or give them access to something they didn't think that they could have. It started out as wanting to level the playing field for people that may not be able to use traditional instruments. And actually, when you strip back the criteria of designing an object, you don't talk about necessarily the person and their syndrome or whatever they have. You just talk about how are we going to make musical note creation accessible in an expressive, controllable, repeatable way. And actually, disability flies straight out the window. And all you're looking at is people that need to access note creation. And so you really start with a blank slate. What that means is that what we found through our experiments and designs is if you nail the criteria and you create something that does what you aim to do, it's interesting for anyone. For me, the instruments we're making, frustrating at first, like any musical instrument, becomes more and more fun the more you play. And friends of mine who are musicians or people we've tested with find that it's, it's just a different way of creating notes, which throws up new themes, new ideas for creation. So yes, they are primarily aimed at people with different physical abilities. But in the end, if you make something elegantly or if you fix the problem in an elegant way, you'll find that there's, the spin-off is far-reaching and that the devices are useful to people who want to use the devices. And it's really that simple. Yeah, and that's amazing that you can be designing it for one thing and find other uses for it. And the more people I talk to that are in development of products, seems to be that that happens. They find new ways to use their, their items. We're going to take a little break and come right back with Vahaken.
and we're back with Vahakin Matosian of Human Instruments based in London. In looking at the keyboard, it's one octave on a piece of wood, looks like it just painted on there, and then there's some chords on little one or two inch squares painted on another board with what looks like the inside of a computer sitting on top of it, and yet when I touch them, it makes beautiful piano sounds. So tell me, how on earth do you make that happen? Well, the device you're staring at is, like you said, two pieces of plywood, very smooth to the touch, and screen printed the same way you would print a t-shirt on each side of these two patterns that we've designed. And the idea is that you can reach the whole octave with your hand span or maybe one finger and a small amount of movement. So with very little strength or dexterity, you can reach a whole keyboard. On the left hand, there are, as you said, some other little squares and they allow you to play chords. So you can play a major chord, a minor chord, a seventh chord, a diminished chord, augmented chord, minor seventh, many combinations between these chord types. Right, and the musicians listening will understand those references. Yeah, for anyone else, it's all the scary chords, all the happy chords, all the jazzy chords. That's a good way of putting it. And all the ones that just clang. Mm-hmm. So you have a big palette to work from. There's a mouthpiece with a tube, and this goes to a breath sensor. And so you have the expression of the breath as you would with a woodwind instrument or a flute or any breath-controlled instrument. You can play as softly as you like. The beginning of a note will rise and then sharply stop if you stop blowing. Or you can attack it with a big puff. And so that really gives the expression with very little lung power. And so combining these two sides, the keyboard with the root note, i.e. the note you start within the chord, and then applying the chord structure from the, the shift keys on the left, you can then play chords, single notes, and there are these strips uh, near the chord buttons. And if you roll your finger on these little strips, it augments or it arpeggiates the chord, sorry, mm-hmm. up the keyboard as if you're sort of running your fingers up the keyboard within the chord structure and key of your chosen keys. It sounds very complicated, but when you start playing, it becomes very automatic. Yes, I could see how somebody would take to it after trying it out. I only tried it out once or twice, and I have some experience playing, so... I could see how someone could take to it, and especially if they're learning it for the first time. I'm learning it, and I'm complicated by the fact that I play the piano and I study it. My mind probably needs a little bit more training than the person who is going to blow into the tube and use it. So tell us about how, though, it makes the sound. And you're holding the tube of paint. Tell me about that, because it looks like the keys are just painted on the piece of wood. That's right. So painted on the wood, screen printed, is a paint which is an electric paint by a company called Bear Conductive. And you paint it on as you would in any other normal painty way. And within a few minutes, it dries and it's conductive. And currently, it's hooked up to the touchboard made by the same company. And what the touchboard does is it allows you to write a small program, load it onto the board. And when you've connected up your paint squares or your paint shapes, whatever shape you've chosen, to the board, it will trigger the board with a signal. And your program does whatever you want to do with the signal. The board comes loaded with a little sound program which will just launch sounds as you hit the various keys. But we've written a custom program which sends MIDI data, which is, is the musical instrument digital interface data that all computers speak. It's a language they all speak. And it allows you to fire off notes and have very, very precise control over notes created, played, the length of them, the characteristics of the notes. So really, this device just sends MIDI data to the computer, and then the computer takes the MIDI data, and whatever program you're running, we're using Logic, and we're using Massive, which is a synthesizer by Native Instruments. It's all commercially available. You don't have to customize anything. It works out of the box, plug and play. 
and it means that people that already are composers can use their favorite tools without having to download new software or specific apps. And I did hear the piano sound, and it sounded beautiful. Can it do like the home keyboard and play some other sounds? You can make it literally make any sound you want. So we have a range of sounds, different synthesizers, sub-basses, raspy things you might find in dance music, you know, kalimba sounds or gamelan sounds from Asian territory. So really you can choose whatever you want, which is the aim is that the player can choose what they want to play not be forced into a corner of piano or not piano. I see. My favorite is the strings on my keyboard. Can you make string sound on yours? We can give you a whole orchestra. Fantastic. Thank you. So that's the piano. When you look at it, it looks so simple, but it's really quite an advanced instrument that you've created. Do you have other instruments in development? We've got three running in parallel. This one, and then there's the Dusophone, which was a prototype made for a gentleman called Clarence Adu. And he was a trumpeter, and he, a very good one. He played with the greats, and he suffered a car accident, which left him unable to use his limbs. And about 15 years ago, my father, Rolf Gelhaar, was contracted to develop an instrument for him, a head-mounted instrument. And he developed an interface which used a head mouse, which was commercially available, so Clarence could control a mouse pointer with his head and with his breath pressure as the click. And he developed an interface to let Clarence make music. Now, it was indeed an interface, not an instrument. Although it had characteristics and could control very, a great many things with it, it wasn't a true, true instrument where Clarence could play melodies all day long in the style he wished to. So this was really a challenge and another starting point for us. It sounds like you're starting to develop a trumpet then, or an instrument that can be used to replace the trumpet that Clarence can no longer play. Well, as Clarence had an amazing mind, a musical mind, he could imagine melodies on a keyboard and tell you what the notes were and play them without trying them out in a way. So we developed a small kind of a xylophone, digital xylophone, was close to the face, and we played with a small mouthpiece and a little baton, and it used breath pressure. And so it was one of the stepping stones to this device that we see here. So there's that one which we're going to release open source, where you'll be able to buy the hardware online very cheap, and download the software, and even the 3D printing file you'll be able to get for free. So people can make it in their fab labs or find somewhere where they can have the tools to build one themselves. The device we're currently working on now, which is the heart of human instruments, which is codenamed Typhoon right now, is a mouthpiece which will register the person's head position in space and allow them to play notes using their head position, breath, and various different characteristics of the mouth. So the idea is we're making a hands-free musical instrument controller, which will have a couple of modes, and the modes are really crucial. One is to control any computer of any kind, and the other mode is a dedicated musical mode. So it essentially mimics how a composer would have 
a score in front of them on which to write their notes, mm -hmm. but also a keyboard with which to reference, play and hear. So this device will allow someone to do that without using their arms or hands. So just with the movement of their head and their breath. That's correct. That sounds quite advanced. And I can see it probably, as you said, it's the heart of the company right now because the implications are just tremendous, not only for people who want to be musical, but for the person who just doesn't know that they could be creative because they don't have the use of their limbs right now. So this just kind of opens up that door to give them such an opportunity to still live a creative life. I think it's fantastic. You know, as mentioned, the aim is really to give someone the opportunity to have a profession in music should they so wish. And we're just sticking as close as we can to that aim. And the idea is to develop tools which allow that. That's really the two criteria. That's what we're trying to do. All right, Vahakin, I can imagine that there's all sorts of ways to collaborate with your company, whether it's musical apps or composing music specific to the instruments. How would you see collaboration happen? And do you welcome that within the company? Yeah, we absolutely welcome collaboration from all corners, um, support, affiliation. If someone's part of an organization they think that reson resonates with what we're up to or some of the ideas they think are useful or they'd like to critique what we're up to, make things better, put them in concert, find us a musician, a programmer that's particularly gifted that is interested. Really, it's, it's all about collaboration, uh, building the family and finding people that are very interested in this. The possibilities of these devices and the creativity possible is far-reaching, and so absolutely contact us, get in touch. Wonderful. Where And that leaves us at the end of our interview. So where can people find you? What's your website? The website is humaninstruments.co.uk, so that's humaninstruments.co.uk, and we have all of our work and some amazing links to other people working in a similar area right there. Right, and for everybody watching, there's some really interesting videos of their work in action on the website. So I would encourage you to check them out. Okay, well, thank you, Vahakin Matosian with Human Instruments. Thank you, Colleen. This wraps up another episode of the Coaching Through Chaos podcast. If you've liked what you've heard from Human Instruments, you can connect with them and even watch videos of their instruments in action at humaninstruments.co.uk. As always, I want to thank Dr. B for all my audio engineering and bennettsullivanmusic.com for my theme music. If you're listening on a platform other than my website, I want to encourage you to check out the blog post on today's episode at coachingthroughchaos.com blog. The blog can be fun to go through as we're collecting all sorts of information for you on so many subjects, so please check it out. If you want to follow me between episodes, you can sign up for my mailing list at coachingthroughchaos.com slash podcast. You can also find me on Twitter with the handle at Dr. Colleen Mullen, and I'd love to hear from you there. And you can also find me on Facebook at Coaching Through Chaos. I do hope you're having a great week, and if you've got chaos in your life, I hope you're finding your way through it. Take care.